You've been hearing about the Great Resignation in the news for a while now, I'm sure. Like, people are quitting their jobs. People are, are, are like, you know, leaving work. People are not coming back into the workforce. And in fact, it made national news a, a while ago in Lincoln, Nebraska, my town, when basically all the employees at a Burger King walked out, quit on the same day. It was this coordinated quitting mass exodus from uh, from their work at Burger King. And in fact, they put it up on the sign. They said, uh, sorry, we we all quit or something. Sorry, we're not open. We all quit. Right. So this is great resignation. And it's made news that basically since the beginning of the pandemic, people have been quitting and quitting and quitting. And those people who have been quitting, the media and employers are calling them like lazy, they're maybe fearful, they're too afraid because of the pandemic, whatever, like they're, they're, they're living off government handouts, the government's the problem because it's given too much money away. And honestly, like any one of those things uh, could actually be an issue, but they're not, they don't paint the whole picture. They don't tell the whole story of what's going on with the great resignation. And the great resignation, what's going on right now with all these people quitting their jobs, it's not what you think. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. These are the proven direct response, marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. Okay, so even though we're not talking about marketing and copywriting directly, like we're we're talking about stuff that's relevant for you as an entrepreneur, either if you're the kind of entrepreneur who's going out on your own and starting to work for yourself now, or the type of entrepreneur who is working with people who actually needs to like keep employees, keep talent on hand. And we're gonna talk about this in the context of, yeah, what's going on with the great resignation, but we're also going to talk about it in the context of how can you actually like, understand what's going on in a way that can benefit you, that can allow you to attract top talent, that can allow you to, to have employees who maybe have quit before come and work with you and be excited to work with you. And so we're going to wrap all that up into this topic of, of, hey, the great resignation isn't what you think. This What you think might be going on and definitely what the media is saying and what employers who are pissed off because they're losing employees say is going on, that's not what's going on. Okay, so first things first. First things first, as somebody who's interested in marketing and selling and like sales psychology, buyer psychology, all of that, one of the things that I do is I study psychology. In fact, I studied psychology before I studied marketing, before I got into business and entrepreneurship. And one of the things that when people start to study the human mind, we figure out that our brain uses heuristics. We, our brain uses shortcuts to come to a conclusion, to interpret what's going on in the world in order to make a best guess of what to do. And these heuristics have developed because oftentimes they do provide us with an accurate enough picture of reality that we can make it through our life. And an accurate enough picture like lets us, you know, get what we need to get in life. But oftentimes these same shortcuts can lead to chronically and, and terribly wrong thinking. And one of the biggest shortcuts, one like very, well, fundamental <laughs> heuristic that we use as humans um, is, is, has been labeled the fundamental attribution error, the fundamental attribution error. And what this basically is, is when we see somebody else doing a behavior that we interpret as negative, our tendency is to attribute that negative behavior to personality 
flaws within the person. So we see somebody who quits their job and we say, oh, it's because they're lazy or it's because they're a coward. They're, they're fearful of this pandemic or they're just a mooch who lives off government handouts. When we see other people engaging in what we perceive to be negative behavior, we blame it on who they are as a person. But if we engage in the same negative behavior or a different negative behavior, we almost always attribute it to factors outside of ourselves. This thing is going on in the world that's causing me to do this thing. And it's not because I'm a terrible person. It's because this thing is going on in the world that messes it up, right? And the reality is in any situation, it is, it is far more complex and nuanced than any like dichotomous splitting that would go on, any, any splitting of, oh, it's all the fault of the individual or it's all the fault of the system, right? It is, always, it is always an interplay between what's going on in the system around the individual and individual personality factors or individual decision-making factors that contribute to it. And so in the context of this great resignation, it's not just because people are lazy or fearful or their government mooches and, and the government is giving out more stimulus recently than before. Like that's not the whole story here. And in fact, recently, and, and I didn't really have a lens through which to understand this, but the data that's coming out, the data that's coming out is, is that there's this really interesting thing that has happened that accounts for a large, large amount of those people who have quit their jobs. It accounts for this large amount of people who've quit their jobs. What they're doing, and I saw this, I saw this written up in Inc. Magazine, is they are starting businesses. They are becoming entrepreneurs. They are, like, they are going out on their own. They are incorporating. There is, there is new business creation. There are corporations being formed or they're going out as a solopreneur. They're going out and they are launching some kind of consulting business or some kind of freelance business. They're working through maybe Upwork or through some job site like that. And they're providing their services as an independent service provider. That's not lazy. That's entrepreneurship. Quitting your job and becoming an entrepreneur, hello, that's what we all do to become entrepreneurs, right? And so we resign not because we're lazy, not because we're afraid of what's going on in the world. We resign because we recognize that what we, what we were given as an option before is not as good as what we can create if we go out and do it on our own. And the whole COVID-19 pandemic, it, it shocked the system. There was this great shock to the system where if people were were complacent before and willing to accept whatever like employment situation was provided to them but suddenly that employment situation had this brand new negative context put on it so maybe i was I was increasing the health risk to myself and my family by going to work. Maybe um, suddenly my job was not available or or you know something was going on where where what was maybe like a good enough to get by job situation suddenly got a lot worse. And I don't want to show up for what suddenly got a lot worse. And so I quit, especially if I was already considering other options, if I already had some ambition to go out and do things on my own, if I already wanted to do something different. I quit, I resigned because I saw a better way to spend my time, my effort, my energy, my intellect, my, my creativity, my problem solving. And that other way, that better way 
was entrepreneurship. And I remember back when I was like 16 or so, and I visited my parents at work, and I, I saw what it was like to work inside like a giant office building with a bunch of cubicles, and the walls were gray, like the walls of the cubicles were gray carpet, and the walls of the office were gray paint, and the carpet on the floor was gray, and it, there was like acoustic tiles on the, not, not acoustic, like there was, there was just, just drop ceiling tiles on the ceiling, and it was, like I knew being in that space that I did not want to spend a 40-year career working in a cubicle job. I knew being in that space that that was not me. Now, it took me a while. I had to discover marketing and copywriting. I had to discover freelancing and direct response entrepreneurship. It took me a while to figure out how the heck I was going to make a career and a living out of not being in a cubicle job. But as soon as I discovered it, as soon as I decided, hey, this is what I'm gonna do, that's what I did. That's what I did. And so in the context of entrepreneurship and especially freelancing and freelance copywriting, we talk about three freedoms. We talk about the freedom of time, the freedom to like control your schedule, to be in charge of when you show up, uh, to be in charge of your work schedule, to be in charge of when you start and when you go and when you take breaks and when you take lunch. And most businesses don't offer that to their employees to most employees. Most businesses want to control your time. They want to control the time you spend at your desk or whatever your workstation is. They want to control that time. The next freedom of entrepreneurship and freelancing is place. So the ability to go from one place to another. When I started as a freelance copywriter, I was in Oregon, but I knew that I was going to be moving to Iowa within a year. We moved to Iowa and I knew that I was going to be moving to Nebraska a year after that. And I was able to have continuity of work from Oregon to Iowa to Nebraska. And if I want to go somewhere else, I have continuity of work no matter where I want to be. And so there's that freedom of time, the freedom of place, and the freedom of income. And that comes from entrepreneurship where you can tie your income to the value you're creating instead of the hours that you spend and believe that if you can create dramatically more value in the world, you're going to be able to achieve more income through your entrepreneurship, through what it is that you are doing, right? And those three freedoms, those three freedoms of freelancing, of copywriting, of, of, of direct response entrepreneurship, those are powerful and those are a huge draw that you don't get out of traditional employment. So you don't have control over your time. You don't have control over your schedule. When I started freelancing, one of the decisions that I made was that I wasn't going to work a normal full-time week. I pick my kids up from school multiple days per week. I drop them off multiple days per week. I'm available. I'm around. I can do things. I can do activities. I can decide when I want to go on a vacation. I want to decide if, I want, if I'm going to spend the rest of the day not working. I can do that and I'm not going to have to report to any boss. Now, I have to get work done. I have to like get, I have to be productive, right? But I'm still in control of what work I take on, what time it's going to take me, what time I actually choose to spend throughout the day. In place, I can, I can work from home. I work from coffee shops. I work from co-working places. I'm not tied to going into an office. I don't have to be stuck at a desk for 90% of my work time. Like I'm, I'm not constrained on the place, the income, I can create more value in the world and find ways to create more income and enjoy these freedoms. And why do you think people are quitting? Because in the context of a, of, of a global pandemic, people woke up to the fact that they have been completely 
like imprisoned in their choices around their time, their place, their income. And their employers are like, oh, we'll pay you a cost of living adjustment that's slightly more than you got last year, but it actually isn't anymore because it's a cost of living adjustment and there's inflation going on and whatever. And your income, even as you're getting raises, doesn't keep up. And and like, I'm gonna control how much time you work, exactly when you work, et cetera. I'm gonna control the place you work. And I recognize that there are some industries where this isn't really an option. Right. I recognize that there are industries where the phone has to be answered during a specific time window. I recognize that there's industries that a front desk has to be staffed. Right. But at the same time, why do you think people are quitting that if there's another option available? Why do you think people are quitting if, if they believe that their work can be applied towards getting things done and being effective, but not be constrained by time and place and income by some employer who treats them like a number? instead of a human being, of course they're gonna go for that, of course they're gonna go for freedom, of course they're gonna go for entrepreneurship. And even further, in the book Drive by Daniel Pink, he talks about three keys to fulfilling work, and by the way, income is not necessarily one of them. Yes, you want a livable income, but beyond the, the, the livable income, like people don't become happier or more satisfied with their job by getting paid more. Somebody gets, that gets paid a million dollars a year is not necessarily more satisfied with their job than somebody who gets paid $100,000 a year. In fact, they can be completely miserable because money does not equate to fulfillment. What equates to fulfillment, based on the research that, that, uh, that is behind Daniel Pink's work in Drive, is number one, competence. Feeling like you are competent at what you're doing at your job. Feeling like you are competently able to deal with the challenges that, that, that you're up against and that the challenges are at a level where your skill, where you have to rise up and where you have to do your best, but that you're able to achieve what you want to achieve. And so work where you are able to stretch your competence and grow your competence is fulfilling. And a lot of times the work that's provided in a full-time job is not necessarily that. Maybe in more entrepreneurial companies, but not in, in companies that have ultimately optimized for every role to fulfill an exact like constrained job definition. Like it's, it's hard to feel like your competence is acknowledged and rewarded in that context. Second key to fulfilling work from Drive by Daniel Pink is autonomy, feeling like you have the capability to find the best route to the solution on your own, that you have decision-making authority over how you do your work. Autonomy, feeling an, a sense of independence in the decision-making around your work. Yes, the company may agree on, the department may agree on a certain destination, a certain outcome that we're trying to hit. But if that person then feels micromanaged about the specific work that they need to do and they feel like the specific work that they're being micromanaged to do does not match with what they believe is the best path to hit that outcome, that person's not gonna be happy. They're not gonna feel fulfilled. And so they're not going to like feel great in the job. And yeah, they're, again, they're gonna quit. And then the third key to fulfilling work is relationships. Feeling like you have a good human human to human relationship good relationship with your boss with your coworkers that you're not working inside a toxic work environment when i see the like social media memes of this person quit their job and whatever there's almost always a story that involves the boss that has like toxic unrealistic expectations and that treats people like crazy or i want to say some four letter words here the <laughs> the boss that's treating people terribly and creating just an environment where nobody who wants to be a healthy human being actually wants to exist and be in that environment. And of course people quit. 
So if you don't have good relationships with your employees where they feel respected as a human being and where they feel valued as a human being, if you don't give them autonomy where you maybe agree on a destination, but help, but, but let them kind of find out the best route to get there. If you don't give them work that gives them a sense of growing competence, they're not going to feel very fulfilled and they're going to go after things that give them that as well as the freedom of time, the freedom of place, the freedom of income. They're going to go become entrepreneurs. They're going to go become freelancers. They may turn around and sell their services back to somebody in your industry because they understand the industry, but that's not laziness. That's not being afraid of what's going on. That's not being a mooch. That's being an entrepreneur who says, this situation is not satisfying to me. And so I'm going to quit this situation and I'm going to go off and do something different. And that's what I did. Like, so by the age of 16 or so, I decided I'm not going to work in a cubicle world. Like I'm not going to be a cubicle dweller for my entire life. It took me a few years before I discovered copywriting and direct response marketing and client work. And I actually got a job where I was working in a cubicle doing marketing and sales for a company, but it was a smaller, more entrepreneurial company where I had more of this like fulfillment in it. But even then, I knew that I still was on a destination where I knew that I wanted control of my time, control of the place where I work, control of my income. And so by 2010, I launched my client business and I basically haven't looked back since then. I, I did a lot of client work and I've grown now a publishing business where I'm helping other people launch their client businesses. And all of this is because like, uh, because I recognized, I recognized that a lot of what we know of as work from the 20th century is worth quitting. And it took maybe a global pandemic for a lot of other people to wake up to it. But the data is showing that those people who woke up to it, maybe, maybe a few of them are lazy. Maybe a few of them are afraid to go back to work. Maybe a few of them are happy taking a government handout instead of a paycheck. But the reality is that a lot of the people who are resigning are resigning because the work that they were doing is become it's become abundantly clear that it's not worth showing up for the work situation that they were in is not worth showing up for and that's the employer's fault if you want to employ people it's your fault how do you create a situation where people feel some kind of control over their time and schedule, where they feel some kind of control over the place and how like they're able to be, how they're able to show up and where they're able to show up, feel some kind of control over the income based on the value contributed, where they feel like they are, they're growing in competence, where they have some autonomy for how they do their work and achieve the, the shared vision and goals of the company, where they feel like they're, they have great work relationships. And can you create a scenario where that is true about your business? Because in the businesses where that is true, people are not quitting. People are happily keeping those jobs and not going off. And maybe individuals that were already looking beyond that when they started, right? There was nothing that was going to keep me from becoming an entrepreneur and launching my client business. But uh, for the most part, if you have a business that is fulfilling to work at, that provides ample opportunity, people want to stick with you. And people love working with businesses like that. So if you're an entrepreneur, think about that. Think about how you can do that. And if you're looking to launch your own client business, if you're like, yeah, I'm with you. I'm ready to quit my job. I want to launch my client business. 
I do have a free mini course called Launch Your Client Business that you can check out the link in the description and go through that three episodes. It's like how to lay the foundation for a successful client business based on all of my experience since 2010 and working with a lot of people in this industry. And I would encourage you to check that out. So I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Obviously, a little bit different episode. We're not focused on tactics of marketing, etc. Um, but I would love it if you'd leave a comment with this episode. Let me know on a scale of one to ten how valuable you found it and why. What are your action items? What are your takeaways? What are you going to do as a result of this? What reflections do you have on this? Also, tap that like button before you go so you get more content like this delivered to you. And so the magical algorithms of the internet will share it with more people like you who will find it valuable. You can certainly share it with folks directly and subscribe before you go. You can subscribe here. You can also go to BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com or if you throw an LYCB on the end of that, again, the links are in the description, that will take you to um, the Launch Your Client Business free mini course. You'll get that and you'll also get my daily episode notifications plus more exclusive content for email subscribers. Uh, so BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com or BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com slash LYCB for Launch Your Client Business. All those links are in the description. One last time, I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. I always aim for 10 out of 10 value. I hope I've delivered it here and I will catch you soon with your next big breakthrough. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.